live every day as it meets you instead of you projecting your stories. And then we have tapas, which is self-discipline, showing up again and again and again every day mm. to keep that fire stoked. Welcome to another episode of The Origin Story, where we meet with people creating their lives and leaving their marks on this world. But most importantly, this is where we get to know the real person behind the project, to vulnerably share their unique stories, give secret insights, and you get to listen along the way. See you on the other side. Okay, hi, I am Vanya, um, born and raised in Peru. Um, I'm 25 years old. I often find myself having to clarify both my age and my place of birth <laughs> because Casual. Um, they are those things that um, sometimes people just uh, take for, or just assume I'm Canadian. And I feel my culture has a huge um, uh, aspect of my identity mm -hmm. and my personality. So I am born and raised in Peru, Peruvian in a cultural sense, Canadian in the, in the educational sense. I came here for, for studying after having graduated. I dedicate my life basically to inspire others to get out of my comfort zone mm. and to find ways to live my life more purposefully with the people that surround me. And I love sharing the practice of yoga. I love connecting with nature and my life is just uh, centered around how to do that in more creative ways. Mm, so I love that. I guess that's kind of, I, I think that's a good way to describe who I am. That was incredible. <laughs> that was well said. Better yeah. than I could have said ever. Unscripted. <laughs> that, was, that was not scripted at all. None yeah. of this is. Um, so I want to start and dive into you and yoga. I know that you kind of have a you hold true to yourself that yoga is more than just a physical practice it is yeah. a way of life mm. and I want to get into what do you personally mean by that um what led you to believe that hold true to that and and yeah mm. beautiful thank you for asking this it's uh It feels that the person I am today exists the way this manifestation of myself comes up thanks to yoga okay. and the teachers that have inspired me and taught these practices to to come back to, to center again and again and again. And so the reason why I speak about yoga being so much more than just a physical practice is because that is the way it, it is represented in our culture. Okay. I mean, if you have learned about yoga in like over Instagram or advertising, marketing, or through like on the streets, you've probably seen yoga attached to a human body. Like the advertising to a human body most often a white body okay and if you've walked into a yoga studio it's most often probably been uh, led by a white teacher that's not always the case thankfully t in today we have a lot of a huge movement against against um, whitewashing of yoga okay so 
how did I get into yoga? <laughs> it's funny because myself and most of the teachers that I know got into yoga through that, through that physical movement, through that manifestation of asana, like that warrior tool, that handstand, that person on Instagram that was doing all these like super fancy transitions and splits and oh, I was like, oh, I want to do that. But interestingly, um, back in the day when I first started, I was in my like last year of high school Okay. in, uh, in Peru. So you were under 18. 18. Was when you started. Literally. Yeah. Quite. Okay. Yeah. I was 18 years old and I had resisted getting into yoga because I grew up in a girls only Catholic school. I did not know that. You did not? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know that because yeah. I met you at UBC when we were in UBC. So I was like, I, I thought that you just... Yeah. yeah. So that is my faith background. Okay. Um, Christian values. And um, I definitely did not want to be a sinner. <laughs> and doing yoga was considered listening to other teachings and gods. Mm -hmm. Because yoga does emerge from uh, yoga, uh, from Hindu exactly um, religion. The poses, yeah. The poses and like the whole philosophy as well. So uh, my understanding of practicing yoga was sinful. Mm. And, and one day, so I had been for quite a while, been, been going to this um, like urban detox center. It's not called a gym and it's also not called like a dance class. It's a, it's a really amazing fusion of martial arts, boxing, cardio and boot camp training. Okay. It's amazing. And yoga. So that's the five things. So um, every class ended up with like rest, which uh, it's actually called Shavasana. Mm -hmm. um, and there was all these inspiration and blend of things. And there was also a separate class of yoga. I resisted going to the yoga class, of course, because of the <laughs> sinful idea of practicing. And I, I was someone in my church that I was volunteering constantly. I was going to these activities for going to the slums in Peru and help build houses, oh, help wow. build like um, sports lawns and just kind of help in any way possible. So you were very active too, not just like the Sunday church goer. No, no, like literally. Wow. I remember, okay. I remember, this is interesting, actually. This is actually really yeah. a fun part of my life wow. because I, have um, no idea. I always found so much meaning in gathering in community for something more than just drinking and smoking. Like, no, <laughs> especially people. There's a little more to life than that. And yeah, I always found. So it all started like, oh, wow, we're going like back to 2012. Uh, that was my first like religious uh, retreat. It was like a weekend retreat, but you slept at home. Okay. So the first day was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, like in the evening. This one was a Christian one, okay. Christian Catholic retreat. And I mean, all the conversation, like what, what I find. Oh, can you close the yes, curtain just a yes. little bit? Because I have that sunshine on my face. There we go. <laughs> so I don't even remember what we talked about, but the things I remember are lots of people, mm -hmm. separations of, of groups into like, Small we all groups. went to different classrooms. It was in a, in a, in a school. Okay. Um, and there were like small groups, small circles, and you always returned back to these yes. after the big keynote speakers. Mm -hmm. um, so community, peer learning. 
sharing human conditioning mm -hmm. like not conditioning but like condition like connection where, yeah okay where we are what are we doing okay where are we going where do we come from like these questions these four questions Ooh. we never have an answer but just exploring the edges of these imaginations not only from my own but also from people around me gave me a wider definition for myself so these have been the guiding principles for me to then like be more curious and then back to that like and that where you were in 2012 that was you telling me your first experience with a spirituality and community and this was in the christian catholic environment exactly and the questions that they were probing and yeah. where you could explore in a safe space where everyone was just accepting was mm -hmm. something that really intrigued you and you're like this yeah. is amazing yeah that's yeah that's and amazing. so yeah. that ties in the story into actually this is the first time i've ever talked about my story about yoga including that specific retreat interesting because, yeah i mean of course additional to like the retreat there was also a volunteering aspect to it yeah um, which also kind of brought everything together. Okay. Service, being of service. So now let's jump back to that little story that I was telling about the yoga boot camp, mm -hmm. martial arts thing, uh, space that Urban Detox Center. It was like a gym, but not a gym, that place. It's called Gao. Okay. Knockout, <laughs> basically. This they was in Peru? Yes. So okay. this is in Peru, and they have this like slogan of training for happiness. And so I had between all these years, between that first retreat to trying yoga for the first time, participated in all these um, retreats, facilitating confirmation for young kids, doing my own confirmation Wow! Um, as a Catholic, and then eventually landed somehow in a yoga class in this retreat, sorry. <laughs> in this urban detox center. I, w I had just been doing a boxing class and then I, I stumbled upon this friend in that class and she told me she was going to the yoga class. Oh, so she's like, join, just join me. And I had a lot of energy that day for some whatever reason. <laughs> You're like, boxing's done, time yeah. to breathe. Different yeah. style of breath, but yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. So then I went to that yoga class and I remember the teacher not just guiding us through movement, but also posing these questions. Mm. Who, who are you beyond your identity? Who, who are you beyond your physical body? Where are you going? Why are you here? Like, what's your life? And, and I remember, I'm just getting chills as I speak because it was all of these questions, not just exchanged in conversation, but then having them within my own body my own conversation with myself by just posing these questions, moving through breath, moving through the body, moving through the mind's convert. So we have a conversation where we're going, existential questions. It's just cognitive concepts, Yes. you know? But when you start to move and breathe and go beyond that cognitive aspect, you start to embody it. And wow. it starts to become something beyond words. And then you start getting more answers and more aha moments and you start getting this connection to self. And that's how I arrived into this practice. That was the first class I had ever been. And in I, yo like that was your first yoga experience? Yeah. 
ever. Ever. On a Thursday evening at like 8 p.m. Um, yep. And I was at like, I remember that class ended and by the time it was over, of course, laying in that final resting pose in Shavasan, feeling bliss for the first time ever. Interesting. So, yeah. okay, couple questions on that. You said that when you first went to that Christian re Catholic retreat and they were asking these questions too and that's how you first got really intrigued. Do you think that the questions, did you feel, if you can recall, do you feel, did you feel different in that space versus in that yoga studio, mm. doing the breathing, doing the movement? Or was it like both were interesting, both are philosoph like philosophical questions that I am typically like interested in. Yeah. In terms of like, how did you feel? You mean like, um, like you mean like, just joy connection in general because yes I felt joy and connection but they were nuanced like different in a very nuanced way and okay. by that I mean I felt in that retreat initially so connected to myself through others through that community connection but then when I was in oh the yoga class, it was very I felt it was inwards and it's kind of, instead of me going outwards and getting answers and then coming within, it was coming within, breathing, inquiring, feel, like felt sensation of the unknown. And when you, when you feel that, do you think that that's something that's a higher power, a spiritual thing, and you going within you, that kind of thing? Do you think it was within you channeling outwards or mm. within you channeling continuously in you? Yeah. Like what, what do you think that mm. was? Or, or it's just kind of like, you don't know really. Well, can you repeat the question again? Yeah. So when you're saying you felt versus in that um, Christian Catholic setting where you kind of were going outwards, it was the connection towards other people and then going back within you. Whereas in the, yoga mm. you felt it within you so i'm curious to know like Ugh. is it like you you do you think like it was a spiritual thing that kind of like entered you and it was more like within yourself or was it something that was within you that kind of came out oh, i love what you're asking i'm yeah <laughs> <laughs> because ah oh, this is literally the moment where we get to be so disconnected in the western sense because here's why you're recognizing in this like Christian setting that it comes, it's, I am able to feel all of this because I am in this very unique moment in my life okay. where all these hundreds of people have gathered. You know how much logistics it takes to bring all these people together? How much money it takes? It takes For so a much. common goal too. For yeah. a common goal yeah. of just like connecting, being with one another. It comes from outside for us to feel connected. And there is this idea that there is a God out there um, that is coming closer to us as we open ourselves more to our fellow okay. brothers and sisters. Okay. And that there's a difference with the um, philosophy of yoga, and mindfulness, Buddhism, all of that, um, in the sense that they don't believe this divine, whatever it is that you find divine, 
this, this idea of divine God, Allah, um, it, it's not outside. It is within you. Is what? Is what um, the yoga philosophy believes in. Oh, that it is within yeah. us as humans? Yeah. Oh. And that is within us to, <laughs> to, to connect with. That right. we are all, like, you are God. Interesting. I am God. But then there all, there's all these other layers. And there's this little story, actually, that says, um, when, like, God is creating the universe in the creation story, of course. Um, but according to yoga philosophy that, okay, God's creating all these things. And then he decides, this is yoga philosophy you're talking about. Yes. That yeah. God created all the things. That's still, it, it is kind of like a blend. Okay. Yeah. I actually have it here. Um, ding, ding, ding. I can show it afterwards. Um, but it's a story that says like, where am I going to hide? Like where, where will I be? Like says the God. Okay. The one that created everything. And I actually don't remember where it was. Anyways. <laughs> the thing Girl is, brains. Yeah. <laughs> Female brains. We could, we're trying to stay on topic. <laughs> but the thing is, yeah, God says, I'm trying to find, like, where will I hide? And then there's this whole court of people saying, you should hide in the skies. You should hide under the rock. You should hide in people's, I don't know, trees or whatever. And then someone says, I think you should actually hide in the creation itself because humans have this curiosity to try to find explanations to all of this and is that why you hear like tap into the power within yeah said a lot yeah exactly okay and so just for context like i i was raised i guess in like an atheist home Dad was atheist. Yeah. Mom was Catholic only because her family was Catholic. Um, and But she didn't have a relationship with God, right? So raised in a Catholic home, parents split, never went to church, whatever. Um, long story short, high school, um, no, it wasn't high school. It was like grade six, went into a Christian church. Similar story as you, actually, mm -hmm. where it was kind of coincidental. Um, but I went there. That was my first exposure around grade six. And... Um, I sat down, it was just because like my dad's friend had to pick me up somewhere. And so I was just there because I, I just didn't want to make it a hassle for her to have to drop me off and whatever. Oh, okay. So I just sat there was and it was, it was a, it was a, it was, no, it was a weekend. It was a Sunday service Okay. and I was sitting down. It was a youth assembly and then they, they had the adult service too. So mm. I sat down, I was just alone, didn't know anybody else there. There were the kids beside me that were kind of like on their phone. They're like the Sunday clock in kids that their families go. Yeah. There are some people who are like really like the leadership people, whatever. So I was just like alone. I was a pretty shy kid. Sat there and all I can remember is I sat there and I was just like, I was listening, right? I didn't really have too much interesting stuff on my phone. And just like you, there were these like topics, conversations and questions. What's all this about? What are they raving about? Like, yeah. yeah. And I was like. This is really, this is really interesting. So I, I listened, I listened. I loved the pastor. I loved the things mm. that he was saying. This was my first exposure ever. And for me personally, I felt such a strong connection with God. Mm. I felt like, and so at that time, because I hadn't been raised up in a Christian hold with Christian teachings of like Adam and Eve did this and that, like scriptures, 
I didn't have that fundamental belief that most people in that room had because mm. I was raised in a science school, elementary school, public school teaching where I like, yeah, big bang theory, whatever. <laughs> right. So to me, I had such a, I, I then started to have this like, like strong feeling, which I have to this day of like, I just get chills like from the head to toe and toe back up. That's what I feel is when I'm connecting with God. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I felt that sitting there for the first time and I did feel that like energy with the people around me and I felt connection, but it was, I was really actually just like connecting with God. It was just me and God and it was really strong. And that's what kind of like started my like involvement in going to church mm. and it was almost like an out for me from like any of my home troubles any of my whatever like I it was a time for me to like really connect with God and feel like understood mm. and just like just like have that unconditional love yeah. on absolutely unconditional love and I was yeah. like this is like if I think about it too much I'm like this is beautiful yeah. to the point where I'm like wow right yeah. so that was like and obviously, as every labeled Christian experiences, I had phases in my life where I dipped out, dipped in, yeah. went to church here and there. Um, I went through phases where, like, I went partying in high school. Like, mm. I, I didn't you got focus away. on it. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and then I would go back to, like, church retreats and whatnot. Mm. I went through a phase where I explored chakras, energies, spirituality. So I mm. stepped away. And that's not really seen as good in, in Christianity, you know, yeah. like it's like the yoga thing that you're just saying. Right. Yeah. And I never really went head deep into that. I just like explored it. Once again, it intrigued me. I, I looked into horoscope, spirituality, yeah. energy, whatever. And I, and I know surface level and I hear the words and whatever, but I've never, I never dived so deep like, into one. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, mm. and then I would go back to the Christian church sometimes. And so my, my journey it was really like here and there, whatever. But one thing that I'll say that stayed constant throughout my whole life, every single day was my faith in God was always just so strong. And if I was, let's say, not paying attention or doing other stuff, getting carried away by like the day to day, I knew that God was always just open arms behind me. And I just had headphones in, just ignoring, just not nurturing that side, you know? but Ooh, like if I said. yeah like and if I take those headphones out like he's always here and it's there's no judgment around that and that's what I think is so beautiful and I feel like yeah. a lot of people in today's world me myself included I, I catch myself doing this too but like a lot of people I feel like exchange counting pennies and nickels you know in terms of mm. like I give you this much so yeah. you give me exactly this mm -hmm. much you know and that like exchange mentality yeah. versus like I am me I am abundantly loving giving right and it's hard I feel like as humans to practice that on a daily basis we are selfish sometimes right oh. but yeah so that's like my background which is why like when I ask these questions I'm curious I did not know that you had a Christian Catholic background where you were like so involved like more you were probably much more involved than I was ever in the church right and it's interesting and I, and I want to dive a little bit deeper because I it's interesting to know that you had that background and then you just went to a yoga class coincidentally that one time when you were graduated high school and now you are very well versed, very like you have so much knowledge around yoga and teachings and, and it's more than just the class, the 60 minute <laughs> come into my yoga, like stretch and wear cute tights, Lululemon, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's more than that. So that's yeah. super cool. Like I want to, I want to yeah. hear more. 
Well, just to say, uh, I'm not an expert. Yeah, I, I'm an ex. I'm an expert at handling myself, I guess. You're um, very humble. <laughs> and um, I know that, like, one thing I, you've probably heard this that the more you know, the less you know. Yep. Like the more you know that you, the more you know that there's so much. But then there's this understanding that we have just enough. Like we are at this moment right now. You coming here, me coming here into this conversation with just enough. Mm. This sense of <sighs> we have just naturally made me breathe. Enough. <laughs> we have enough. And can you re repeat your question? <laughs> I actually didn't have a question. It was just more like like how did I, okay. I guess like how yeah like so yeah I guess I have two questions. Let me let me specify instead of just throwing that at you, but. <laughs> So, okay, first question is a really short one. When you did that yoga class with your friend, did you feel, like, guilty at all? Were you kind of like, hey, this is not mm. actually seen as good? Or were you kind of just like, you know what, like, let's just do this. Like, it's a casual thing with my friend. I think yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. And then you felt all, felt all that during the session. And then you're like, hey, this is actually really interesting. And then that started something. Yeah. Did you <laughs> feel at all, like, any guilt? Or was it more just, like, a fun? Um. So, okay, that's a great question because walking into that class, I was like, okay, I'm here already. Limiting beliefs, ideas of I might be a sinner. Like, I'm not walking into a war to kill people right now. Yeah. Like, what can go wrong? I'm yeah. not going to damage anyone. I'm like, stretching. Yeah, like, what can go wrong here? Um, let's just... Let's just focus now on, okay. on, what's, on what matters. And right. that is just, I'm here already, let's enjoy this class. And by the end of it, I remember walk, like not walking, but uh, driving home and like pressing on the pedal for like getting the car. Like, how do you call it? Uh, yeah, Tro the throttle. <laughs> like press the throttle and just going forward and felt like I was like floating in a cloud. I was driving home to an something that I considered an imperfect life with... Um, homework to do, readings to do for school, um, laundry to fold, but I had a family that supported me, that loved me. I felt complete. I felt whole. Before I walked into that class, I was not enough. Before that class, mm, I was, I felt, I felt like I, I was working out for a better body. I felt like I was working out because I had to, because that's what people do. Um, you had and, conditions on yourself. Yeah. Okay. And then, walking in, like walking in and out of that class, like there was a different. There was something that had expanded in the similar way that I had experienced in that in those retreats with all the people and community, but it felt here embodied in a way that felt expansive, in a way that felt unattached to constraints. It felt beyond. It felt real and enough hmm. like there were no words you didn't have to explain it to me it was just felt no need to explain like no need and I was just I was this time driving back home to <sighs> I remember like good old days when I lived back home like I would go to these classes and then I would come home and dinner would be ready <laughs> like what? Would, must be nice <laughs> yeah like now mom's cooking yeah <laughs> And, uh, like, yeah, 
like life was so good life is so good but mm -hmm. it, before that before that class like there was conditioning and here's the thing there always is conditioning mm -hmm. before i entered the world of conscious breathing yoga philosophy i was stuck in this world like conception of um like christian guilt of we are here to be of service your body is not pure you are not meant to feel your body you're here to be of service and to reproduce yourself that's kind of what capitalism tells us but with all these fluff all these products all these kits marketing mm -hmm. it's not like all the marketing that we see it's like just like things to fill up our lives and fill those gaps of emptiness that we have created within our existence that doesn't have connection to something that's beyond so um before that class the yoga before i entered the living yoga living and breathing spirituality rather than just listening it on a sunday just on sundays Before I entered that class, I was not enough. Before I entered that class, I was working out to look good. Mm -hmm. I was working out to have clarity of mind, to perform better at school, to be better, to be enough. To be enough in this uh, conception of enoughness that is given in, I don't know, whether it is your family, um, your family, like little bubble or your society and basically what we do in yoga is go beyond like who are you beyond your labels who are you beyond your name who are you if you're not your body and where are you going like whatever this this thing is that speaks and is animated like wh why is it here and why like wh wh where is it going like why are you here mm -hmm. <laughs> And then the answer to that question becomes a lot more bearable, becomes a lot more full of spaciousness, becomes something we wake up every day knowing that we might die any day. And that's okay. And that's okay. It gives this sense of embodied faith and this knowing that everything is perfect, everything is enough. In terms of your life and the actions that, like, do you think that, do you think there's free will? Do you think that your life is already pre-written for you? You think that you create it? I, <laughs> that's a tricky one because I have both the sense of, free will that you have the choice to live the life you want to live but here's the thing what you love you'll live for and that's when it becomes tricky to say you are the creator of your own you know like your own life because that is my life philosophy mm -hmm. that I am the, like I create my life my thoughts create my reality. Hence why it's important to 
be have do good thoughts and yeah. create. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's also hard to say that to someone who suffers from addiction. Mm. Because they don't have free will. They love drugs. So what they love, they live for it. They live for this this exchange that gives a sense of fulfillment, but is it's a slippery path because then it becomes a very shallow and um, very small little back and forth exchange of impulse receiving, impulse searching, yearning, and like going, going, searching for this thing. I'm having the, <laughs> I'm having the the language barrier right now of like finding this word of rat like, race yeah kind of rat race of like constant uh, window shopping spirituality window shopping okay of escaping escapism mm. that's the, it it wasn't what quite what i was looking for but that it, it works it works it works okay. and it even works for like for yoga teachers as well yeah like I have gone th sometimes through those rabbit holes of I'm not enough as a teacher, so I have to take this training and that training and I have to go to this yoga class and to this teacher and I have to make sure that I do this, this, this and that so that I am enough. <laughs> so that is another type of escapism. Mm, okay. So. An imposter syndrome. Yeah. Just like, I've definitely, I, I'm guilty of that for sure where I'm like, mm -hmm. I'll just wait till, you know, this certification, this additional thing, like whatever. So. Let's let's jump into like okay. Given that topic, actually, let's do this. <laughs> okay, I am a strong believer in the I am enough, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna settle for nothing, right? Like mm. just because it's like I am enough doesn't mean there I just I can just yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> you know yes it's like because I feel like there's some people who kind of say. I'm not enough, therefore I'm going to set X, Y, and Z goals and I'm not going to be happy until I achieve them. And there's those other people maybe that are like, I am, I am enough right now, so like, you know what, like, whatever, I'm just, mm -hmm. uh, like, I don't, I'm just going to let life carry me and just be unhappy. Yeah. And I, but I believe a little bit of both where it's like, I am enough, but I'm going to set my goals, I'm going to set how I'm going to grow, improve, whatever, knowing that I am still enough, I have inner peace of myself but it doesn't mean I'm stopping achieving and whatever like what are your thoughts on that mm. I have a lot of things coming into my awareness right now in terms of like so you were asking earlier about whether or not we have willpower and defining our life yes or versus like oh your destiny is written in the stars like everything happens for a reason yeah yeah I mean I do believe I love the sense of in times in my life, looking back and being like, oh my gosh, everything happens for a reason. It's crazy, if, yeah. If my friend had not been on that, like my yeah. boyfriend, the reason why I know my boyfriend is because my one of my best friends um, was in church that day when Ditre and my boyfriend arrived for the first time to that church. In Peru? No, here in oh, okay, Vancouver. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, and that day they, they met and my friend had his uh sorry her husband and the dog and they went for a walk afterwards and then my friend's birthday was happening two days afterwards and then i had just returned from europe and my we met there that's one of my I the met tiniest my little ripple butterfly effects yeah and i think people too like i i say it all the time that's why i, like, I want to hear more about that too it's like i always say i always find myself saying like 
there are people that enter seasons in your life for a reason. Mm -hmm. They come and go for a reason. And there's some people that end up coming back and sticking in your life for a reason. There are people who are only there to teach you a lesson, to teach them a lesson, whatever that is. And then you just never see them again. But Mm. then there's, you know, like there's all these... Yeah, yeah. you say it so beautifully. Like, people are our teachers. Friends, friendships are our teachers. Experiences are our teachers. Mm -hmm. Opportunities, business opportunities. um, Any opportunity. (laughs) Whether good for you or on your detriment Mm -hmm. last week i got scammed (laughs) and i believe that too was a lesson it Mm. was a teacher okay oh my goodness like i could i could tell the story about it but it's uh i can say the lesson of the story is you know that little voice in your head that told you from the very beginning that something was not good was you should have listened i could tell you i could tell you hundreds of stories for that yeah and that is that inner knowing. We all have it. We have the answer. Like what? Like yes, I know that this opportunity came to me to teach me this lesson. But also, I know that I'm also not perfect. Mm-hmm. And now, what I'm learning now is that I can speak about the experience without feeling shame. Mm-hmm. I can speak about it without feeling like I'm gonna be shamed by others. With the yeah. The reason why it happened and <laughs> when you say <laughs> you you're saying it happens and then you kind of you go okay there's reason reason why it happened or, or that sorry so for me this is how I'm currently like this is where I, my heart head soul is right mm-hmm. now may change in the future but this is where it's at right now so whenever those things happen where you know this situation happens and like I had that like little thing tell or the little gut little like mm. the voice that I didn't triple or like any t- this is what I describe it as anytime there's friction that I feel in my life but I push against it and try to force things in my control mm. s- like nine times out of ten something goes wrong something happens where I'm like oh like oh my gosh and yeah. what I ascribe it to is like I hear my the the wiser inner me is like me talking to God right so it would be mm. God saying like Oh, like, and that's where I kind of bring that communication. That's the communication line. It's not me, but it's like, and and I feel like I I have friends who kind of call it the wiser that like people who I have friends who are not like don't believe in God, for example, but they're like kind of like agnostic. Yeah, they would they might say sometimes like, oh, it's like I call it like the wiser me, like the inner voice me, right? <laughs> I I I call it God. Some people yeah. call it whatever you call Earth it. energy, whatever, right? So do you? So, like you said, it, you are the creator. God is inside you, right? You are God. Is that... So, when you speak, do you think that there's, like, your, like, just baseline functioning human self and then the inner, like, is it a wiser self or is it all just one? Mm. And you just... Because, like, what is the... What do you call the difference between your, like... Just, like, let's say when you do, like, something s- sinful or, or you're impatient or whatever. Yeah. Like, what is what, what is that and what is the the God inside of you that you potentially tap into. Yeah. So the, the higher self is when I am living in authentic authenticity, when I'm being myself, when I'm able to be true to myself. And when I am being sinful, when I am not listening to my own voice, 
it is because I'm acting out of fear. Out of fear of, I'm not gonna say the truth of who I am right now oh, with this okay. group of people or with this particular person or with this particular HR person that's interviewing me for whatever, because I want to achieve a certain outcome. Yeah. Because if I don't achieve the certain outcome, then I will not get a job, then mm. they will not accept me, then I will not be good enough, then, oh, maybe they don't like me in return. There's a fear there. And that is where, that's the line. That's and it, the and line. it all comes down to fear. That's the word. I want to say, typically. yeah, it comes from uh, it, it, this contraction, this sense of, Mm. versus I'm just going to be myself I, without caring. I'm just going to say the truth, be unique, honest, loud. I'm going to laugh without being worried about whether or not this person thinks I'm loud or not. And I'm just going to be myself. If they like it, good. If they don't like it, good as well. They're not my tribe. I'm, mm. I'm clearing space for those who you want. are you and you will like kind of bring in and attract people mm. who want to stay and if you want to leave it's like I don't yeah like good for you like I'm glad we're both being in a line enough in alignment to know that you don't want to be around me because mm -hmm. that's not going to resonate with you yeah and, and I don't want to be around you because yeah. it's, if it's not going to resonate it's not going to yeah. serve both of us to grow and become better versions of ourselves to support each other, support our projects. Mm -hmm. Like the reason why we both came here together is because like we both have this desire of going beyond what it, it already, there's a lot of mm. goodness within us, but we want to exchange that yeah. and communicate and dance. It's like a dance, you know, mm. and like how much more spaciousness can we create within our own little bubbles and like encapsulated pictures of like, okay, this is me. This is my reality. This is my identity. Uh, that's it. Mm, okay. Now let's exchange that and yeah. make the aperture a little bigger. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Wow. That came out really well. That came out really well. Mike, <laughs> I don't have anything to say to that. I am. That is incredible. Uh, yeah, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I like the way my teacher explains it. She talks about mm, when we come into this life, we're handed like a pair of glasses. <laughs> and, um, and you can, throughout your life, get those glasses like dusty and dirty. Um, actually, she doesn't say that it, like you get handed these like glasses, but I was just like, so like imagine like this, there's this aperture, there's these glasses, okay. like we look at it through these lenses and we have to like continuously clean the glass so that we're not looking at life and experiencing our life through this tainted dirt. By, oh, that's a really, you know what, because the, the dirt is like external from other yeah. Whether it's other people, other experiences, other whatever. It, yeah. Whereas the like glasses is like a Clear. an object that is put on you, and mm -hmm. because you believe that you are like God, basically, you are inherently good. In yeah, and good, good, and in charge of your reality. In charge of your reality. Mm -hmm. And the reason why 
we come to the mat every day, the reason why we scrape our tongue, the reason why we do all these cleansing practices is so that we can expand the aperture so we can see clearly every day. What we're doing every day with this breathing practice is, is, is just that. Mm. Coming, it's discipline to come back every single day no matter what and to become more clear in our speech in the way that we perceive life, the way we respond to life, mm. that we exchange nature with it, uh, communication with it. And yeah, this, how can we make this dance as pure as we can? Mm. How can Beautiful. we love this life, this body this we've been given and do as good as we can? Because when we are, when we're born, we are signing this contract with life that yes we're going to come here experience all these things but we will experience suffering we will experience pain and that is the main the, the most beautiful part of i feel like the the philosophy of yoga where we have aparigraha aparigraha means no harm Okay. And just by looking at the word itself, aparigraha, we have a, which means no, a parigraham. Parigraha means um, aparigraha. Aparigraha. So parigraha means um, harm. Okay. So when we come into this life, we know we acknowledge there will be pain. It is a fact. There's the yin and there's the yang. And we will when we become aware and connected to these practices, we, it's kind of like we will do everything we can to diminish suffering mm. so that it's not perpetrated anymore. And that explains a little bit of uh, why I've lately been refraining a little from going all in with teaching yoga from a place of just the physical practice as it was taught to me and the way it's practiced in the West. Okay. Because I believe there is so much more than just the yoga class. And that's not to say that it does create insane, like just beautiful effects in people. When they just go into like the clicky yoga studio and they have these experience and they they sweat meditative and, yeah. and they're practicing with their beautiful lulu pants like, <laughs> no like no judgment like why would you not it's so beautifully placed on marketing like yeah. what we're all going through our own journey and the way you got to your practice doesn't make you better or worse, or worse than me yeah like we're all and we're all humans we're all trying our best yeah so like just yeah stop the judgment yeah and the fact that i yeah. I, I think that there could be way, better ways to practice and teach yoga. It doesn't mean that I'm better than others. No. I might be wrong. <laughs> I might be totally wrong and try to, trying to be like very revolutionary in the way that I teach because, I mean, I'm also... I've also benefited from being a white person teaching yoga. And it's been a huge privilege to stand in the front of a room teaching other people how to move and how to breathe. Mm -hmm. So I don't take that for granted. And um, I also always bring into my practice the sense of I am honored 
to hand this practice that has been taught for thousands and thousands of years and share it with you. So you can take with you the value of what is being handed down with all of your heart and then you can take it to your life, to your office, to your family and do this thing of it doesn't end after the 60 minutes it's what you bring to your life you mm -hmm. carry it to your experiences your yeah, off the your day-to-day -day. um yeah. i really love that i really yeah. love that um if you were to say okay so and like we talked about before this started recording with but like i i agree with that there's the more holistic approach to things where you're actually creating an impact in someone through that class or through that experience can, can help them almost, I feel like it's not just a band-aid solution. It's mm. like a come in here. You don't need to spend 60 minutes and pay for these classes every single day. And you can learn this basically Cause, and I'm, I'm also, I'm speaking almost from personal experience cause I would have a busy life, not practice meditation yoga when I, when I started going to yoga classes and whatnot. And then I would go to a yoga class for 60 minutes or however long, 30, 60 minutes. It was great. I loved the grounding and I could feel whenever like the yoga instructor would be telling me certain cues and certain things during the practice, I would be like, like, oh, I really was tensing the corner of my forehead yeah. all day. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And like, it was so yeah. great. And I would feel so relaxed. Mm. And then I would get in my car, let's say, I would still feel so great, <laughs> you know, driving home, amazing. And then I would get home and then this would happen. And then that would happen. And then, bam, I just went back to my mm -hmm. regular day to day. Yeah. And then I would go, oh, I need a reset. So I just go to another class like yeah. a month later, let's say. Yeah. Right. And so I am there with you as like, I think there's more to this. So with your experience and with what you think as of right now, of course it might change. Is it, is it like, do you think that this impact that you would create with an individual or with a class is about, is unique to each individual. And so it comes from doing that practice, having a deeper conversation with them, maybe a deeper practice with them. That's mm -hmm. longer than 60 minutes or like, there's no really strict boundaries to it. And it's just like, Hey, let's just be authentic and like create that kind of space for them and have a talk with them that lot. Like, do you think there's some structure to that where it's like, it's a conversation, it's a practice, mm. and then it's a getting deeper behind the fluff, for example, yeah, yeah. or is it like, I don't know yet, but it's more than just the practice. It's different for each person. Or do you think there's like some sort of structured thing that can be applied to a class or to individuals? Oh, I don't believe there's a recipe. No. And that's the problem I feel when it comes to, that's the reason as well why I've been resisting wanting to, um, to do like private teaching because, um, I've been taking this marketing course right now and there's this idea that like we have to put our products and we have to list them in our website and you have to put a price on it and and then market it and then go to Google Ads. Be clear on your product. Yeah, what's your what's your what's, what's your included? Niche? What's your niche? And like what's the what's the end result? Yeah. And I'm like the journey that I did with someone for their specific Mm. awakening per mm -hmm. se or like mini awakening 
is very different to what it's going to look like with other with someone else. But there are definitely some precepts. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would call the teachings of yoga, the eight limbs of yoga. There the, is the core fundamentals. Yeah, the eight foundations, limbs. yeah. Yeah. So there we have like literally this is what this book is about. Um it's What is the book called? The Yamas and Niyamas, Exploring Yoga's Ethical Practice. And so here we get um, na- the Yamas and Niyamas, which are, it's like, I like to compare it so people understand it sometimes, to the Ten Commandments. So okay. it's five and five. The first five are um, internal. Sorry, uh, how, how we interact with others and with the world. And then the second one, the, the Niyamas, are how we connect and interact with ourselves and our consciousness. And so the first five are um, ahimsa, that's no harm. We have saucha, which is truthfulness, how to be honest with yourself. No harm, truthfulness. Yeah, so no harm, truthfulness, which is um, the need to belong versus the need to grow, like, understanding that our truth is fluid like our like the the knowledge that I needed to have five years ago or the day that I walked into that yoga class that was enough that was enough for me to know like I am here and I am okay Mm. and I'm good and I don't need to be someone else and the knowledge of and the understanding that here we're meeting today just enough Mm. just enough and can you feel that somehow I feel like this spaciousness like like I don't need to I don't need to lie I don't need to I don't need to pretend Mm. this is enough yeah then number three is non-stealing 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 and it comes from of course like not don't take away my phone (laughs) (laughs) Um, I might take a one more cookie one more cookie (laughs) Um, but it also comes from the sense of, like, for example, stealing from the present moment from yourself when you're, like, this. I, I do this a lot when, for example, I am, like, say in the morning, I say, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do the yoga practice and I'm going to do this, this, this and that, and I'm just like, rapid fire thinking about the day ahead and Mm -hmm. like not being present so i'm stealing from the present moment oh so that's what it's meant by non-stealing yeah like taking away from what already is from taking away um from the enoughness that we already have and some some other ways in which we steal or for example um by being late <laughs> to I do this I still struggle a lot with it like how I struggle <laughs> yeah but I, it when it comes to like serious stuff yeah and with friendships yeah I try as like especially with the friendships that I have to like that I have already kind of had that internal work and this similar level of awareness of mutual respect mm. we're not going to steal each other's time or energy before mm. I walk into a conversation with a friend and if I'm having like a terrible day and I get to see this person this friend for um 
a two-hour meeting to catch up, have tea. Um, and she's t telling her story. I don't steal away from her story by inserting my own. Mm. Like, have you ever had this friend? I, I, I used to do this a lot, like, um, having people tell me, like, oh, I've, yeah, I've been going through this, like, job, my work's not going great, and um, my partner broke up with me, and I'm so I'm, like, trying all these things, and I don't know how to survive, and I'm like, oh, I feel you. I've been there as well. Mm. I've had... Similar experience, but in a totally different way. Of course, I try to... So it comes from a good place, as you can see. I'm trying to create empathy, but non-access was understood as, like, sexual activity. Our energy is so valuable. We can't just waste it and spend it. And, like, like we have to be focused and intentional so that we can do our life's work yeah. with meaning and purpose without getting distracted by all of this noise. Um, cause reproduction, sexual energy is creation is that like what you can create with sexual intercourse is such mystical and powerful thing. Mm. Like you can create a life. You, there's creation there. Mm -hmm. So how are you wasting that energy? Yeah. We are like, as a culture, we are a mm -hmm. lot scrolling comparing yeah window shopping there's so much we need so that we can take care of ourselves mm -hmm. and then the rest is extra and then if you can share that and be of service to others whether it is with your money whether it is with your time whether it is with your listening um, with your whatever you do like photography or any talents of creation that you have, like you have the power of sharing that and circulating that abundance so that it goes around. We don't have to like bring this, bring my cup. Like that's where the minimalism comes in. Ah, like we, we yeah. just need to let go of all this excess that we have so we can take away, remove, remove, remove and cle clear a path so that energy can flow. Mm. And then we go into... Um, cleanliness it's aparigraha no sorry we have non-possessiveness which is it, it goes along very closely with brahmacharya like not trying to possess everyone possess people possess stuff and then we go into the niyamas possess as in like you I don't want to say own but like you own someone where like you're so controlling over them and you're so affected by their action that kind of possess or like what what do you mean by possess possess in the sense of um i'm a visitor here and my life is gonna go like so quickly trying to own and hold things to yourself to keep them yourself is is another way of stealing mm, okay i get you now and um we have we are no right to believe that I am worthy. Like there, there's a, con a connection between like enoughness versus nar the narcissistic need of going into this yoga practice, 
grabbing all of this knowledge, teaching a yoga class, and saying that all of this is something that you came up with versus it is something, it is, it is a practice, it is a sacred practice that mm. has been passed out from generations to generations and there has been so much work from so many yogis and dedication and devoted lives to being of service so that we can be here having this conversation in liberty so that when this podcast goes off, we're not going to be chased because of our opinions. Mm-hmm. So that there's democracy. So that there's freedom of speech. Nobody owns our words. Nobody mm-hmm. owns us. Mm-hmm. This is like we are living. We already are living non-possessiveness here. Mm-hmm. So how can we do that more? Mm-hmm. And have some faith. Yeah. That we don't need we don't need to like like hold on and this this gripping and and this also goes with stories like the stories that we have about ourselves okay i love how it doesn't just go from like to material belongings but the stories that we tell ourselves i love this i love this um this representation about this with uh, a story that my teacher shares about how um there was in this village um all like this mom cleaning um, the dishes, there's this guy who's just like cutting the wood, making some wood. Then there's someone like feeding the, the animals over there. And then Krishna is walking around playing the flute. Okay. And everyone like suddenly turns around and they drop everything. Like they just can't resist the beautiful sound that's coming out of this flute. It's so, mm, you just, it's mesmerizing. So they all go behind Krishna dancing (laughs) and then they follow him to this um, like imagine there's a drone all the way from the top of a forest and there's like forest everywhere and then there's a circle where all like every there's this party everyone's dancing and they're like "Mm," and they're everyone's "Mm," like ecstatic dance here like you know and then like imagine or like there's a rave and everyone's just like yeah yeah and then eventually there's like the beat, uh, the beat's about to drop and everyone's kind of bringing their fingertips like closer and closer and closer and closer. And they just want to keep this feeling for themselves, this joy, this, this ecstasy, this, mm, this person, this experience, this tea, <laughs> this um, whatever it is that gives us pleasure mm-hmm. or not pleasure sometimes. Um, to ourselves like and we just want to have it because it gives us a sense of feeling alive and then the people are coming closer and closer and closer and as soon as they start to hold on to it the music disappears (laughs) yeah krishna disappears and everyone's like what 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 and then there's this one lady in the corner that's like still dancing with her fingers like and it's because she didn't hold anything she was just dancing she was being with it Mm -hmm. and this story teaches us so much like how sometimes we hold on to the identities that we have about ourselves and oftentimes when we need to outgrow this identity these identities the story you told yourself and continue to tell yourself yeah are are barriers Mm -hmm. to kind of continue the evolution of the soul and life continuing to go so non-possessiveness how can we be 
like students of our life mm, instead of I love that instead of like oh this is me this is my pillow this is my identity <laughs> oh my goodness this is my my myself this is the make like, and then this is me and this Tell is not me about yet. it yeah uh-huh <laughs> um like we we're here to learn and mm -hmm. all these labels and tags like they're they're truth for a day for a minute and then something else ha happens and we have to be okay with that so those were the yamas <laughs> beautiful i'll just say quickly the yamas um my f like i think that my first two favorite ones are the the first two then the the last three become like a lot more like meditation and beautiful as well but the first one is purity and there's a lot of um parallels here with the christian church as well because if you look into the first like the new te the old testament there's a lot of teachings about like how to eat what not to eat because i mean there's all these things that of course now we know you have to wash your hands before you eat like it's like very um i don't know normal things we take for granted from our modern knowledge such as don't eat um pork raw that's going to give you an infection okay that's why jews don't eat pork um there's all these like um teachings about purity but then in in yoga it of course there's the same um plus the cleansing and the purifying process of the body of like our vessel mm -hmm. of our speech of our thoughts and literally of our space like really sometimes i find myself being really scattered stressed out or just like unclear with the focus and the first thing i do is clean when i clean my environment when i let go of the dust in between the things it's the same thing it kind of cleans my aperture cleans off the dust in my lenses mm. and um and we kind of recollect the pieces of ourselves that were scattered all over the place and then we have santosha which is contentment santosha is this we go back to enoughness mm. to like okay what is the truth of this moment and what what is true and understanding that what is right now however painful however joyful is enough it is here to teach us something and it is part of our journey it comes um connected with faith and and then we have tapas which is self-discipline showing up again and again and again every day mm. to keep that fire stoked to keep that sense of we need to have, so you know, the digestifier like we need to digest our experiences the, the same way we digest every single day our food you know <laughs> but with our life like how are we wow. digesting our stories okay so we can flush them out through the toilet and live every day as it meets you instead of you projecting your stories into the world wow and then we have self study svadhyaya and then Ishvara Pranidana, which is surrender, releasing this egotistical sense that we know it all and that we know what this life is about and just allowing ourselves to, as we said, like understand wow. this moment is enough.
Even just by, like, I'm just, like, not, like, the tension is just, like, just breathe. (laughs) It's so beautiful. I I love the the eight limbs of yoga are, like, (laughs) daily study is what helps me a lot to to get back to that soul center. And I will acknowledge, like, right now, with this launch of this business, I have not... (laughs) I have not been doing that like dedicated, devoted daily practice. And just being in this conversation, like I'm so grateful that we get a chance to talk about this because bringing it, it back, it brings me back to yeah. the sense of like, Vanya, every time you do this thing that you lose that, that you lose that habit to come back to yourself, every single time you tell yourself, why? Why did you do that? Mm, the burnout. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. And you know what? It's okay. Like, I, I, I could easily beat myself off by saying, oh, you're so stupid. Why did you let it happen again? But then I understand. I surrender. And I'm like, you know what? It had to happen for mm. me to get become more aware of how amazing this practice is and how grateful I am to mm. be able to come back to it. It's like this vast infinite toolkit that is here available and that is working through me to create big things in my life and other people's lives. And it is, it is my responsibility to keep, it, keep that fire stoked, to not overburn it, right? but to keep like, just keep tending to it nice and gentle every day. Wow, thank you for that. I didn't actually hear those eight ever being those were just the first two limbs, by the way. <laughs> oh, we went through two. Yeah. So wow. the first two limbs have like five like, subsections, like okay. five principles, five pillars. And then we have eight more, which are pranayama, asana. Um, I have the, the rest here. Yeah. There's, there's a whole rest, which is why I am telling you like asana, just asana, like the, the physical practice practice. Um, it's just like one small little, like one eighth of the entire mm, yoga philosophy wow. in the modern sense. Because there's also like the history, there's mythology, there's a lot more. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I can now <laughs> see like you could dedicate your whole life yeah. and still have so much more to learn and yeah. to grow with. But it's yeah. just a continuous, it's continuous journey. Yeah, It's a holistic beauty. And and, and I love when I go to, to practice and, and understand that. I'm just here to learn and, and, and continue like teaching and, and being in this dance. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And also to, I guess, wrap things up too. I want to, I want to, so if you guys don't know yet, (laughs) sacred warmth, Ah! there's a hole and I will show this after there's a whole shelf that I'm looking at right now (laughs) filled with absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, neutral colored warmth neutral colors, yeah. yes like warmth winter scarves mittens and um beanies toques right yeah tell me it's a awesome. little bit about that yeah. share your story a tiny bit there's this i don't want to spoil it too much i want to let yeah. vanya say it um and touching on kind of like because it takes courage to start your own business this is your first yeah. like official product business and i want to like hear briefly on that like that courage part um, what kind of like, what helped you just kind of like start, do it, create it, make it happen yeah. and 
literally we're staring at it right now and the launch party is coming soon i won't be in vancouver but i will 100 percent be supporting from from the east coast (laughs) so tell me about that okay uh long story short as i think i mentioned at the beginning i am born and raised in peru beautiful ecuador like ecuador um equatorial line level like never really My, this is not my temperature. Uh, winter. Same. I'm, I'm, I was raised here, but I, this is not my temperature yeah. either. <laughs> and um, when I first came here, I um, was like pretty much bare with no appropriate clothes. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, in terms of, yeah, I didn't have any ways to warm myself up. And um, of course, I wanted to come to Canada for doing great things, a great education. Um, and I noticed it was really hard to be creative mm-hmm. unless I had my own thing. <laughs> I love being like the founder and like the CEO of my little project because I get to do it all. I get to do a little bit of all. Like I've, I've been doing the design, I've been doing the photography for the products, like the shop, the, the messaging, the brand voice. Um, but why these products exist today is because I have been wanting to create a product that helps other people experience the quality and the warmth and the luxury of something like baby alpaca wool. And I've always been a huge fan of this because, um, like I just kept using these products year after year and Great quality, never des- never destroyed, never like fussed out, because um, these are good products, like made from hands that know how to do this. And oh, you're just gonna show I'm just it. Just gonna bring it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm happy to be bringing these products now. And the reason why it's happening now instead of earlier on is because earlier on I was a student, and I wasn't able to dedicate the time or money to invest in this. I actually, um, the only reason why I've been able to birth all of this project is because my boyfriend's savings account was involved in it. And <laughs> the partner support, the partner, Amazing. partner belief and look at her. Yes. You guys. Yeah. And the most so important thing, like the quality is insane. It's super soft and ah. yeah. And, oh, this is something really cool, actually, that I discovered not too long ago, that it is um, the the texture, because these are from, like, alpacas that are um, in very high altitudes. Two cool things that I discovered recently is that um, they are water repellent. So, what? Yeah, so even right now, if I, like, pour a little bit of tea. Where's the tea? Oh. It slides off. Did you see? Ah, it slides off. It doesn't. It doesn't soak. Oh. So um, it's great. So it's not perfect like, in Raincouver. Yeah, <laughs> perfect for Raincouver. And it's so um, cool. like uh, the other thing that's cool is that um, the like the intelligence of the wool is so that when it's cold. So if you touch it right now, it's not. It's it's kind of cold. Mm-hmm. It's not warm, and that is because when when it's cold outside, it'll regulate the cold into warm. So, oh wow, yeah. So and then when if it's hot, it's not gonna be overpowering. You're you're gonna be regulated back into really the the yeah. wool. Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so like if you're ever like inside with your products, like you don't have, if we, I, I'm not yet producing uh, like sweaters and stuff like that because that's a total different budget um, per unit. To come. Um, but if you're using like a, a sweater and you're like cold outside and then you go inside, it'll take like no more than five to 10 minutes for the wool to kind of readjust to the temperature inside. So wow. you have to like take it off and be like, Oh yeah. The amount of times that you're, you know, when you're walking outside and it's cold and you're freezing, you have all yeah. your scarf, but then you open the door and close it and you're like sweating oh. profusely. And I'm like, I gotta get this scarf off. Yeah. 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 So, so this, this doesn't, yeah, it doesn't happen with this because it gets, uh, it's oh. like temperature smart. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. And I went to this conference in September, like a, like a women's empowering, women empowering uh, conference for, it was called uh, the Bigger Ideas Conference. Mm -hmm. And it was like a whole day of just listening to women who had like, been, yeah, been CEOs, like done amazing things. And I was like, whoa, the next day I woke up and I was like, I need to do the alpaca thing. Ah. I need to do the alpaca thing. So I called the lady that I had been in touch with like years before to, to do this project. And I told her, can I get these products ready for this Christmas season? Oh my gosh, I just got chills. So it was yeah. in the head, it was in the works, but you never really like pulled the trigger. Yeah. You went there, you heard it and you're like, nope, doing it now. Yeah, I'm doing called it her now. Up. So I called oh. her and then the next Sunday morning, it was like on its way. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, that is so here. exciting. And oh, the biggest thing that is like, the one thing that's helping me wake up every morning and feel like, okay, this is gonna make a true impact. I'm not here just to make profit mm -hmm. because I guess as a society, um, I've already like looked at how, <sighs> what's the word, like harmful it can be, not harmful, but like meaningless it can be to just do stuff for money. Yeah. I mean, I'm not vilifying money. Money is fantastic, especially when you put money into women's hands. Yes. You see so much more goodness happening because yes. there's this solidarity aspect just that exists within women. <laughs> and um, I decided I was going to d direct 10% of the sales towards a charity in Peru mm -hmm. um, to help support underprivileged kids. And it really has been making a difference. Yeah. Um, my cousin is actually one of the founders of this charity. And ever growing up, I always admired her. And you just see everyone in my family. Like all my family has, including my mom, my dad, have all been like nine to fivers, baby boomers that just like clocked in, clocked out. Interesting. Okay. And then I saw her. And she's like the type of cousin that I look up. Not like, she doesn't feel like a cousin. She feels more like an aunt. She's a lot older, like older. She always felt more like an adult. And she had a different energy. Like you could see her wake, like just, ah, like I love you. Like she's purposeful. And, um, and then like years after I, I realized that, oh, she doesn't just have a job like my mom. Like she actually has her own project that she's making an impact in people's oh lives. And like we have now like already contacted and like, De like done the deal that we're gonna be donating 10% of all our sales and after we finish selling this entire production we will be helping create education opportunities for one entire year for five kids 
education opportunities for five kids. Yeah, I mean, education opportunities being like the like the fee, <laughs> the fee for uh, one child to attend for one entire year to school in Peru. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot because no, that's incredible. Yeah, that is absolutely incredible, it, and it's such a like a the mission is so like it's purpose driven it's so it's wow like that's impact. so yeah that's gonna change lives and like children children they're Our like future. clay like they literally put under the right support the right influence the right one conversation the right one person mm -hmm. in their life that you know whether it's their family or not you know it can truly change like it can literally change the world as like yeah. corny as that sound it truly can and like yeah. children they're so they're they're so innocent they're so like pure they're ready to like soak everything in yeah. and i think that's so special yeah i know i'm really excited and i know like when i was thinking about like just five children are you kidding me i want to have a thousand kids like <laughs> what do you mean um and then I understood like how the program actually works okay. and the program is uh, organized in such a way that the kids go to school and then most children when they are um, done with their school day they go back home to an empty house there's no parents to care for them um, most often it's actually dangerous like these the streets are very dangerous um, and yeah, like who knows what could happen with the safety of these kids. They have nothing to do. There's no extracurriculars. Wait, after school they just go and there's no parents? Like, mm, Yeah, because the parents are most often just like working. Yeah. Like they're in the yeah. market, they're driving a bus, they're yeah. selling stuff in the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is where like very underprivileged mm -hmm. areas, like the slums. Mm -hmm. And um, instead of the kids going to their empty houses, they go to Cantaya. That's where the teachers are waiting for them with, um, of course, I don't know if they give them food, but I think I'm going to ask. But <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, in that program, they are not only like, learning what they're going to be learning the next day or like the next month in school. So they're getting ahead in the topics of school so that they get the best grades and then eventually, once they graduate, they're eligible for this scholarship that exists in Peru. That's called Beca, Beca 18, Beca 8. I can't remember the, the exact name. But there's a scholarship that is only available to kids that get X grade. And that's not a pro Like, a lot of kids actually can't get to that grade because mm. there's an education crisis. Like, education is... Bad. And then it becomes generational. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then everyone, like all the kids and generations, they get stuck in this periphery. Where this... you're just born into that, and then it just continues. Yeah. yeah. And then there's no opportunities, nothing. Like there's no wow. mindfulness. Yeah. So what they do as well is like not only just learning through fun, but also um, they learn mindfulness, they <laughs> learn um, boundaries, they learn how to get communication skills, and oh. so much more than just cognitive they do yoga Just the boxed the boxed yeah the box <laughs> so um oh my that's what this that's... program is creating and... i want to look more into that too that's yeah. so cool so I'm, I'm really 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 happy about this um partnership because it really does make me feel like the work that i'm doing is not just going to help mm -hmm. me 
and my 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 life, yeah. <laughs> my partner, and could possibly help sustain my life. But I'm helping create a better future with it. So, oh. and that's home for you. Yeah. 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 So, I'm really so happy. beautiful. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Vanya, for coming onto my podcast. It was so inspiring to hear not only your story, but everything, just going into details of like the eight foundational pillars, like mm. just of everything, everything that you've soaked up from life mm. and your experiences. Thank you. It's beautiful. What an honor. What Thank an honor. you so much. I, I have also felt this conversation feel like kind of cathartic for myself mm -hmm. as well. So I hope it is also, um, I don't know, a propelling forward conversation for other people because I believe stories are, are really what changed the world. Oh yeah, so. for sure.